0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Rough Drafts Podcast. As you can see, we decided we wanted to do video again as we prepare for a very exciting 2016 League of Legends World Championship. Yes, that's right. We're bringing our very popular team-by-team preview series to the international stage. And by we, I, of course, mean my good, good friend, Chase, the red-shirt king Wassenaar, Chase, are you excited to talk about today's team?
1: I mean, anyone who saw my, you know, kind of celebration (laughs) dance there as soon as you introduced it, and then I remembered that you were still going to do an intro, so I had to, like, awkwardly bring it in. It's just it's hard to contain my excitement, man. We've got 16 teams we're going to be breaking down over the next eight days. We're going to be putting all this stuff on on Slingshot and, and trying out this new YouTube channel and everything else. And unlike the stream we did for the group draws, I believe this might actually work. And that is the most exciting thing of all. Uh, Almost as exciting as the team we're going to talk about today.
0: I hope so, since I'm the one that's doing all the video editing. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this goes fairly, fairly easily. But speaking of the team that we're going to be doing today, uh, we probably actually already spoiled it in the title. And that's why you're here. But I want to do this big reveal anyways. It's
1: G2 Esports. Oh, man, our boy, Aussie. Congratulations,
0: a Ocelot!
1: Man, gets- what do you think is his happier accomplishment this year—the fact that he had a kid, or the fact that his team went to Worlds in his first kid. year as an owner?
0: Kid. Kid. I mean,
1: I mean, I it, I know it probably is like it's ninety-nine percent sure, but it has to be like I mean, that's one hell of a year. We can give him that at the very least. That's,
0: yeah, that's two two European Championships for his league. His Counter Strike team has been. Super, super successful. His uh, his hero, uh, Hearthstone has like his Hearthstone team has been one of the best Hearthstone teams in the world. Like he's had one hell of a year, and then to top it off with a child, like that's yeah. that's that's a great year for the man that was once known as one of the most toxic people in League of Legends. Hey but man, he, he never stop the matter. We stars. actually have. Hey, I I watched him during those days, and to see where he's come from is like absolutely phenomenal. He's one of my favorite my personal favorites yeah. in uh in League of Legends. So Chase G2 Esports though as a team is not just Carlos Ocelot Rodriguez because I don't want to look up his entire full name because it's long. But <laughs> they're not just Uncle Ocelot. He's just the owner. They have five players that have Succeeded in kind of dominating Europe over the over the past nine months or so. So, so give me a little bit about Europe and and what about this roster and what about Europe has allowed G two to be so
1: successful. Well, the thing that people have to remember about Europe is that this is a region that had huge hopes after 2015 when they sent two teams to the semifinals in both Fnatic and in Origin. As you can see by the format. Neither of those teams are here at this tournament. Uh, the whole region has kind of been upended by the arrival of G2. You can make a lot of jokes about the MSI vacation. I don't tend to look at them for that tournament because, you know, they made a decision for their organization that turned out to work from all right because I think they're in a group where they can absolutely succeed. But when you look at the team we have, this is Europe's shining hope for this Split. This is everything that they could want from a team that would be going to the world championship. You've got uh, a two time MVP in Trick, a guy who we found out today on Slingshot, you know, has basically been teaching himself how to communicate with this weird selection of buzzers and everything. It's just (laughs) like he's got an Inspector Gadget vibe going on that I really enjoy. Um, We've got Expect in the top lane, who I expect to be the focus of a lot of conversations about you know whether or not there's enough talent in that particular lane to keep going but overall you took the best part of the origin team that made it to worlds and got to the semifinals last split in sven and mythy now have given them a whole nother year of experience and you team them up with a player who is incredibly volatile in perks but was rookie of the split when he first came in and is a guy that clearly has a lot of potential to make some pretty crazy plays, this is an exciting team. And if Europe is going to get any sort of a redemption arc after everything that's been going on with them, this is the team that I think is most equipped to bring that home. They are
0: also the first European team to not be in Pool A because of that that vacation, let's be honest. Like, they shot themselves in the foot by not performing at MSI, uh, whereas some of the other fans, and even G2 has said it themselves, like, yeah, it's a good thing we won, we, you know, won Europe because we just shot ourselves in the foot. We didn't harm someone else.
1: We didn't, you know hurt someone else's chances so it's also uh, nice because they won you know they got the prize money like there are a lot of other things that are nice about that i think uh as as altruistic as that sounds i think the more important thing is just how dominantly they won i mean both of their series it was 3-1 over the unicorns of love 3-1 over splice and even though they gave up a game in each of those series it wasn't particularly close i mean this is a team that just has a great understanding of the map and how to make use of it in order to really attack their opponents. When you look at what Unicorns of Love were trying to do, it's like, we got Visit Chachi, we're going up against Expect, we'll just kind of bomb that lane. And G2 said, of course you're going to try to do that. That's why we have the best jungler in the region. (laughs) And suddenly, <laughs> the Unicorns of Love didn't know what to do. And with Splice, it's like, oh man, Splice, they've got this team fighting, they've got all this energy, you know, well, this is this could be, you know, a very interesting matchup. And then G2 just overpowered them. It was like, you know, when a you know a big brother's like, you know, oh yeah, younger, you know, five-year-old younger brother, like, come at me and like pushes him away with like one hand, you know, it just, it, it's been a dominance for them that really acts as a two-edged sword, because on the one hand, it shows just how much this team is capable of, and the things that they are doing are the kinds of things that we expect top-tier teams to do, whatever region they're in. But on the downside, it has left all these questions of, how good is Europe really? And there was a huge panic at the beginning of the split that Europe was completely boned. And I don't necessarily agree with that, I think that we might have overreacted early on. But certainly, when you see teams like the Unicorns of Love succeeding as much as they did, H2K finding a way to qualify on points despite never making it to a finals in either split, like there are some legitimate questions here. And g is going to have to prove that they can do it against some of the best of the best. But right now, they've beat everyone in front of them, and they've done it without seemingly breaking a sweat. Not a single 0-2 loss in the regular season for them in this weird best-of-two format that us gambling fans were having to deal with this year. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see them match up against international competition.
0: I'm more excited about when you have to talk about H2K because (laughs) you're going to have to be nice to H2K. k And you're going to have to sing praises of my boy Forgiven. So I can't wait for that. But as you guys can see on the screen, the the G2 roster, top laner, expect, jungle trick, mid-perks. 80 carries then and Sport mythy and for those of you listening to the audio only podcast off SoundCloud there's a picture here of the roster so there yeah. you go you're gonna miss out on some kind of kind of visualness so go listen to it on SoundCloud and then go watch it on YouTube that's all I have to say about that uh, but you you talk a lot about how Europe was kind of weak as a whole and that and that's why g2 was able to be as successful as they were in sort of storm across the region. Um, maybe not in the dominance that the the Hooney Rainover fanatic roster had, but it was still like you said they never lost a two game series. They never lost a series. They never lost two games in a series. Actually, if we if we go into the playoffs where they went three one in those two best of fives. So what is it about this their play style? Like what is it about the
1: way this team plays that makes them so dominant? Well, the first thing is they have two-time MVP Trick on this roster. And while Trick never did much while he was playing for my beloved uh, CJ Entis, which, rest in pepperonis, guys. You served me well for five years. The the torture has ended. I, I may now watch the LCK every week knowing that I'm not inevitably going to be disappointed. <laughs> Poor shy. Um, it is amazing. I thought things couldn't get worse than Space Prison, but here we are. Now I'm watching this jungler that they gave up on after a few games turn into what has been the key towards G2's long-term success. And it comes from a couple places. Uh, first of all, he places more words per minute than most junglers, even in the most vision-heavy regions that we see. The guy is very good at understanding where the enemy is and being able to then make guesses as to where it's safe to put those words down, make sure that he can then read the enemy's patterns and really take advantage of those predictable moments. You know, compositions, once you have a deep understanding of the game, and this is something we've seen guys like Faker accomplish in the past— You're able to predict your enemy's movements before they happen, and that's where G2's excelled. They're always at the teamfight at the right time. Trick, especially in the early game, always seems to know where to go, and you've got this now veteran bot lane in Sven and Mithy that are incredibly dominant. I mean, it's hard for a support to win series MVP, especially a finals MVP. But Mithy in Game 3 single-handedly won a game with his Tom Kench. And it wasn't just that he played the Tom Kench well when there were team fights. It was the fact that for 15, 20 minutes, the f- you know, at the beginning of the game, he was everywhere. I didn't know Tom Kench could move that fast. I mean, a giant freaking catfish. He shouldn't be able to just kind of like bumbling around. And yet he was everywhere <laughs> that the enemy team wanted him not to be. His now, now, direct-
0: now, now, come on. Tom Kench moves with all the class and grace of a sophisticated Southern gentleman. Let's, let's be that honest is, that about that. That is
1: absolutely true. Let's be honest about that. And it is, uh, you know, it's one of those things where Sven and Mithy can now look back and say that no one remembers the name of the damned and their old origin team. But it's, uh, <laughs> that's a quote for people who remember the days in which there were actual quotes when you selected your champion and champion select. But it's... Uh, <laughs> It is one of those things where a lot of pieces seem to be fitting towards a very intelligent play style with a carry that they could trust. The question is going to be around the other two people on this roster who, as you know, and anyone who has been listening to this podcast uh, before these team-by-team previews knows, I have mixed feelings about the other two members of this roster. But if they're going to get carried through— You don't through, like
0: Perks! You don't like okay. Perks? Let's talk about Perks. Let's, Let's his, talk ex, about ex, Perks. I expect going to get railroaded just because he's, he's not amazing, but he's been semi-serviceable. Yeah, uh, I'd say serviceable is fair. Ridiculous. But Perks, yeah. this is this is the guy to me. This is the, the trash talker. I'm so glad he exists because it would just be forgiven chirping at everyone. mm mm-hmm. um, and, and let's be fair like reckless and forgiven they don't stand a chance against forgiven when it comes to comes to trash talking but perks mm-hmm. perks has been the guy that's been able to dish it out at just about as good as he can I remember uh during the quarterfinals he was on vacation in croatia like during the games and he just took a picture of him like chilling on the beach like <laughs> that's that's some world-class villainy right there so yeah. let's what what is it with perks why why is he
1: such a touchy subject for you. Well, it's not... Look, I I, want to make something clear. I've been a guy who's rooted for a lot of terrible teams in the past. So, (laughs) I just have these kinds of battle scars when I notice certain patterns of behavior. And one of the biggest patterns of behavior that terrifies me, just downright terrifies me, when you're looking at how a team is going to perform on an international stage where they're playing the best of the best, it's this sloppy laning attitude even in team fights perks is not a guy who thinks to himself "Hmm, what is the most logical intelligent thing that i can do to win this team fight he is a guy that very much reminds me of hoony when he first entered the scene where he just goes on instinct he's like a rabid attack dog you just let him off the leash and he just goes And that works out really well unless your team is depending on you as one of the biggest damage providers, which is how this team tends to build. He and Sven tend to be the carries because Expect is not someone that you want hard-carrying your team. And with great power comes great responsibility. He had an Echo game in the finals against Splice, where they won the game, but he took a lot of unnecessary depths. There was one point where he'd already used his ultimate and used his E to go into the enemy base despite none of the inhibitor towers being down. Yeah. He's just stuck between two towers, waiting to die with no flash. I, it's, it's the kind Cocky! Of,
0: cocky Ergitz! He knows he's better than
1: everybody else. Come and, on. And that's the thing. This is exactly the kind of space— that used to destroy Forgiven before he finally put it together on H2K. And it's the kind of thing that enemy teams are going to be watching on film and trying to take advantage of. Every single person in Group A, especially Nofe from the Rocks Tigers, you know, there's talk of like, oh man, maybe G2 can surprise some people and take a game off of Rocks. I got to tell you, no fay knows what he's going up against here, and everyone on rocks, Peanut especially, is just salivating at the idea of waiting for Perks to push up too far in lane because he just has to get that next wave of minions and everything falls apart. And to me, it's, you know, I want to see, you know, who's the real Perks. It's it's the it's the real Slim Shady dilemma all over again. I don't know if Perks is going to be the guy who won rookie of the split who can just dominate and lane and truly bully out anyone who comes his way and, and use his roaming potential to get all these kills and just snowball before anyone can deal with him. Or if he's going to be the guy who's you know two or three steps off, kind of like Wild Turtle back in season four at Worlds for TSM. TSM fans know exactly, you know oh. exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, it's see. It's that I, dilemma. It's that whole thing. It's like those two or three steps off that can kill you at this level of play. And in previous you know, series, you know Unicorns of Love aren't going to punish that. We weren't going to see Exile punish that. Senkux is a good mid laner, and he punished it once, and that was the game that they lost. And even in the other games, he kept it relatively close. That's why Perks's KDA is so much lower than that of the rest of his teammates, because he was held in check. He did die significantly more than anyone else on the team. At the same time, he can be the lethal weapon that comes through and just smashes people in the right situation. And I think that's going to be the key. If you're looking at a CLG or an Albus Knox Luna, you want to take an upset over G2, convince Perks that he can come at you and get away with it, and then just reap the rewards. And if Perks hasn't realized how to restrain himself while they're boot camping in Korea, I have a feeling he's going to find that lesson out very quickly on the world stage.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's a very, very fair assessment of perks. I and am for the record, offended. I'm saying that about
1: a second-team All-Pro <laughs> player in Europe. For the, I mean, let me be clear. like He's an incredibly talented player, and, and all of this is nitpicking. But this is where we are. These are the best—well, I was about to say the best 16 teams in the world, but we can't invite half of Korea. So these are 16 of the best teams in the world. And he's going to be going up against people that can take advantage of it. So put up or shut up, man. You wanted to be the villains of the EULCS? You put that whole (laughs) G2 is everywhere thing out there? Awesome. Live up to it. Take care of business in this group. They have the talent to do it. They have the understanding of the game and just the sense of where to be at the right time to do it. They just have to make sure that they have their heads in the game. And as long as they do that, I think that this team can do very well. I was going to say I'm offended that when you do the, the,
0: the leash analogy that you went to Hooney when Wild Turtle was in fact the first guy that you would like let off the leash like that. But you redeemed yourself a little later on, so I'll, I'll, I'll temper my hatred. Uh, but absolutely truthful about Perks, He is very, you know, like you said, Slim Shady-esque. Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde. There's, there's mm-hmm. two sides to him, and you're never quite sure exactly which one is, is going to show up. But Chase which G2 do you think is going to show up at Worlds? Is this a team that's going to make it into the elimination rounds, or are they
1: going to just you know enjoy their North American vacation? In my opinion, this is the second best team in the group, and it's not particularly close. And that's not to say that I think this is a team that can make it to the semifinals. I think that when you look at who we expect to win some of the other groups, they're going to have a very tough time getting away with some of the weaknesses that I laid out here but in this group what is who he going to punish him is that is that really if there's CLG <laughs> and you just heard how do you beat G2 did you just say you know smile and on and go yes that's what our team does that's exactly the strategy we'll bring into this everything is fine I, I don't think that's going to be the case and I certainly don't think Albus Knox Luna as much as I love Kira and him writing in his death note the name of every mid laner that he goes up against <laughs> I think that it's going to be very tough matchups for the teams that would have to unseat them. Do I think they're going to take a game off of Rocks? No. I think people who are saying that are people that want to see Korea as vulnerable. And of all the teams that are maybe vulnerable in Korea, Rocks is not one of them to my mind. But I think this team can do very, very well and make it at the very least out of groups. And depending on that quarterfinals matchup, they could mimic what we saw from Europe last split and send a team to the semis.
0: That's a little. That's that's stretching it a little bit, but we will see. According to Chase, G two will be extending their their big fat American vacation, and other teams will be joining them. You can head on over to our YouTube channel. Just look up Rough Drafts podcast if you're on SoundCloud, and you can catch our preview for the Rocks Tigers, which is the other team that we did today. The number one seed out of Korea, and quite possibly the number one overall favorite to win the world championship find out about my opinions uh, as we talk about that over on the other video and as always you guys can follow us over on twitter i am
1: at cades underscore lol chase where can the good folks at home find you uh i'm at Red Shirt king and we would love subscriptions for you guys both on the youtube channel and of course at soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or on itunes If you search Rough Drafts there, all of those subscriptions are great. And especially we're going to be tracking to see who subscribes where so we know what kind of content that you want. So this is your chance to let us know. Uh, And we'd love to hear from you. I hope that you guys have comments and that most of them aren't uh, about how terrible we are. So uh, thanks again for uh, for listening. And, And please, let's do this Rocks Tigers thing, Walter. Absolutely. Let's go.